Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the 18th of May. Now, I know we don't normally do shout outs. It's not really the style of uh, this podcast, but um, it seems appropriate in this instance. I've just received the most encouraging email from the States. Um, This is from Michelle, who lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota metro area, who serves as a hospice chaplain. And she writes, these weeks of coronavirus lockdowns and PPE and daily changes in job procedures have certainly been challenging ones. I started looking for some podcasts on chaplaincy related issues so I could do double duty while I was driving to see patients. And because chaplaincy is in the title of your podcast, it came up in my search. I saw that you were going through the Psalms, so I thought I'd listen to one or two and see what it was like. This was back when you were on about Psalm 3 or 4. And when I started listening to your calming voice, the psalm reading and the prayers, God gave me peace in the midst of the craziness of my work days. It was as if streams of refreshing water was being poured over my soul, calming me and filling me with peace for my day of bringing peace and calm to others. And so she goes on. Well, Michelle, a shout out to you, the first ever on the Dean Close Viral Chaplaincy podcast. It's so encouraging to hear from you. And um, I'm going to encourage us as the Dean Close community Uh, to pray for you in our personal prayers today. Well done in your work, which I'm sure is deeply challenging and the fruit of which will only be seen on the last day. Thank you for being in touch. Good morning all. Um, Let's begin as always with Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. God is close to those who trust in him. Our Lord, as we come to you today, we recognise we really don't know what it'll hold. Uh, You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end, the bookends of history, the one who is, I am, and always has been and always will be. And so right now, in a moment of quiet, on the 18th of May 2020, we hold our day and indeed our week, out to you. Right now, we decide to set aside this moment to centre our minds and our hearts on you. Would you gather up our scattered senses and focus them again on you? We bring you our sin, and we are we're ashamed of that, Lord, But we are unembarrassed to bring that to you, for we know that you welcome us home. We thank you for the assurance of forgiveness you give us through Christ's death on the cross, that you dress us like the prodigal in the finest robe, put a ring on our finger and throw a party for us. Be our rescuer today. We decide to bring now a large measure of expectation to you as we come to this psalm. We pray that you would fill us up. Please, would you be our portion? Well, Joe Sheldon was uh, joking with me and saying, what will you do when you get to Psalm 119, which is a notoriously long psalm? And the answer is we'll split it up. And uh, Psalm 18 is not as long as Psalm 119, but it is quite long. So we're going to do it in a two-part little series. And uh, we'll, we'll cover the next part for Wednesday morning, the next podcast. Uh, You'll see it's quite long, even just with part A. It's a beautiful psalm. Uh, For the director of music, 
of David, the servant of the Lord. He sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said this, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I've been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me, the cords of the grave coiled around me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called to the Lord, I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice, my cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence clouds advanced. With hailstones and bolts of lightning, the Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I've kept the ways of the Lord. I'm not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I've not turned away from his decrees. I've been blameless before him and I've kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. That's Psalm 18 verses 1 to 24 and we'll read the next half uh, on Wednesday morning. I love this psalm. It's clearly written from a position of remembering awful need distress, the cords of death entangling, that the language is dramatic in extremis. Don't you love the way for King David, theology is not boring, not dusty, not outdated, not irrelevant. Notice those personal prepositions in verses 1 to 2. I love you, Lord, my strength. It is true that the Lord is strong, is even strength itself, but he is my strength for David. The Lord is my rock. Yes, it is true that he is a rock, the rock indeed, but for David he is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, the one in whom I take refuge. 
I wonder for you whether you would make a transition of devotion for the Lord from saying just the rock, speaking theology in the abstract, to saying my rock in private, in your prayers, Lord, you are my rock, no one else hearing. And if we're already doing that, then maybe we need to transition into the public with that personal preposition saying my rock, singing that like David does in public. Who will you tell today that God is your rock? The main chunk of what we've just read is dramatic in its language. And I think it's there to remind us that God is bigger than our enemies or our problems that we face, as he was significantly bigger than David's problem of Saul and his enemies. There's a lot of creation language that's used. Verse 7, an earthquake. Do you remember in those early chapters in Acts, uh, God brings an earthquake to remind his early persecuted followers that God is present by his spirit. There's this picture of fire and smoke. Sounds funny in the translation, smoke rose from his nostrils, almost embarrassing language to use of God, but the point is, volcanic language and if you're looking at your enemies with fear to know that this god is your patron your father your protector well that brings huge comfort verses 11 to 12 there's language of clouds and rain now we don't normally celebrate that in the uk we see far too much of that but it is a picture of abundance and blessing and even foreboding for his enemies verse 15 there's a picture of it's reminiscent of the parting of the Red Sea. The valleys of the sea were exposed. The foundations of the earth laid bare. You think of the Mariana Trench, the deepest trench in the sea laid bare. It's language dramatic to show us there are no mysteries that are not revealed or laid bare before our God. I love the intimacy of verse 16. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. Well, I wonder what problems you are facing today. I wonder what enemies you may have. I wonder what makes you cow and filled with anxiety. Please know that the God of the Bible is bigger than them. Please know that whatever the waters are that you fall into, he is amply able to draw you out as you call him mine. The end of this section talks about this David's confidence that he will be heard because of his blamelessness. And of course, that reminds us that this psalm is fulfilled not in our righteousness, but in Christ's. That we are safe, we are rescued. He will part the Red Sea for us. He brings the earthquake of his presence by his spirit because we are in Christ. Be encouraged, friends. As you say, my God today, he calls you mine in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to um, enjoy and, and pray another one of these wonderful liturgies of hope. This is a liturgy for those who mourn a loss. Maybe this is you. Maybe you've lost someone dear to you. Maybe it's been a loss of a different kind. Let's pray. Friends, we pause and hold unashamed space for these days beset with disappointments we could not see coming and reminders of what could have been. O loving maker, restore our belief that you redeem what is lost, but also that our grief is safe with you and that lamenting is not a waste of our precious time. 
O Christ, you do not scorn our disappointment, but rather remind us that you are a God who was enrobed in human flesh and has felt salt run down your divine face. Oh, how glorious, how wonderful to have a Saviour who understands. Hope deferred makes our hearts sick. So we ask that you remind us, O oh sweetest friend, that what we grieve, the cancelled event, the lost job, the health of a loved one or ourselves, the paused relationship, the postponed trip, the end of a project that stirred our hearts, was never the source of our hope to begin with. You say we are blessed when we mourn, for we shall be comforted. Well then, come near and be our deepest consolation now, Father. Tend to our grief-stricken hearts and lead us into the warmth of your relief, the tenderness of your word, the marrow deep peace of your presence, the greater intimacy we can enjoy with our suffering Saviour. We mourn for the loss and death of our good dreams, O Creator, and ask that you resurrect them if your gracious will allows it. But for now, we look toward the day when every tear will be gone and we meet you, the one in whom all our hope resides. Amen. Well, we've hit our 13-minute mark, which is far too long for this morning. I'll leave it there. Sending love and prayers to you all, whether you're in the States or in Cheltenham. Sending love in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bye now.